Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Hello and welcome to the Internet Advisor. I'm Foster Brown, the co-host of the program and producer. So good to have you with us here as we are springing into a brand new season here with the Internet Advisor. We'll be telling you more about that as we continue on. Two hours of our show, and in this first hour we're going to be talking about some of the incredible events that have been going on. Everything from the Apple Watch to HBO and um, its availability on Apple TV and all sorts of other stuff. And we'll be talking about Agile. Agile in our studios. We're delighted to have that crew back in studio. Matter of fact, for the start of a kind of a new season for us in the spring and the summer, are also very special because we're not being pushed around by sports teams <laughs> anymore. That's true. Uh, that's true. And it's so we, not quite warm enough to be gone because uh, we want to be on the beach. So that's right. So, yeah, so it's here. a great time for us to be uh, hooking up with you folks and uh, talking about important things going on in the tech world, which we're going to do in our first hour, and then our second hour is the hour in which we answer your questions. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Guys, this week, uh, certainly, I think something that stole the headlines had to be the whole Apple Watch launch. And I know we talked about this before, and um, I, I don't think anyone in here is just kind of on the edge of their seat to buy a watch. Am I right, Ed, Rudell? You're not hanging in there. You know, no. I, I mean, as soon as I started working professionally for a living, you throw the watch out the window because... You work until your job's done. 20, 24 hours a day, right? <laughs> Whenever yeah. they Especially call. Especially you're on call all the time. That's yeah. true. Right, right. Uh, by the way, I should let me introduce how how just rude of me not to introduce the people who are here. Gary Baker, of course, my co-host. Gary, Thank good to you. have you here. Yep. Ed Rudell, we're so glad to have you back in studio. Right. I just and wanted it, to talk to you right away. Thank you. And, you know, there's, <laughs> I, I do not miss getting my arm hair snagged in between the armbands. And, you know, that's that's worse than pulling nose hairs. It's just awful. <laughs> <laughs> And Cal- <laughs> Am I wrong, Cal? <laughs> you look. I wish we were on television. Oh, we need people have Cal- to see yes. that look. <laughs> In my life, I've never been that hairy. <laughs> but that's okay. It only takes one or two hairs to really hurt. Well, well uh, yeah. Okay. There's a for now, but Cal so Carson. I, I got of rid of. With us I, I got rid of my watch because my kids went, Dad, you're still wearing a watch. No. Really? Yeah. They said, yeah. "Don't you have a phone? Why would you ever, you know?" And it, it's uh, like a pocket trending. Pocket watch, okay, okay. You know? Yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of pocket watches, those happen to be my favorites. I have three, and uh, real gen- pocket watches. Yeah, yeah, they're oh, really okay. cool. And yeah. generally, when I dress up to go out, uh, I will wear my pocket watch. I got this me. big picture in my head of an Alice in Wonderland. With this big pocket watch about the size of a, <laughs> of, a of a tea saucer, you know, the Mad, <laughs> the, the Mad Hatter, I think. Mad Hatter. Hatter. <laughs> well, well, the old railroad watches back in the old days were larger pocket watches than traditional. Oh yes, and they used to yes. be called onions because they were about the size of a good of medium size onion, I'll be and they were like bulbous in shape. So, well, what, what do you think of the? So, what about iWatch? the Apple Watch? Because you're the Apple guy, and you and I have had a conversation about this, and I think I'm more Apple Watch oriented than you are. You know, people scream about the fanboy stuff, but I'm, I'm going to tell you. I, I'm just not there. I have no dying inclination to get one. Uh, I haven't seen anything about it to make me really say yeah, I have to have one. And the only thing that I really, I'm really excited about that they did different this time. Mm-hmm. You don't line up for this. Yes, exactly. Right. You know, I'm wondering but, if that has to do with the, the the scams that have been run with Apple Pay, 
where the uh, high ticket items have been uh, gotten based on not that Apple Pay was at fault here, but the the identities that were stolen mm-hmm. were then tied into Apple Pay identities, and they were able to steal a whole lot of very high end stuff. And I'm wondering if that's part no, of it. I'm not sure about that. I so. Well, I think what's what's going on is they realized this was not going to be a big. You know, here's a new iPhone, here's a new iPod. People were not going to be lined up for two days beforehand. People were not going to be lined up around the corner. I I disagree, Gary, because every product that they came out, whether flop or or, or win, you know, they they all lined up for them. Yeah. Yeah. But this way, nobody can count them. Nobody, you know, and Uh they're going to sell a lot of them, right? They already are. They're selling a lot of Apple Watches. There is going to be a segment of the population that's always going to go after a product. One time it was the music fans. I mean, right now you're talking about a younger generation that's actively, you know, into fitness. They're runners, they're joggers, they're they're bike riders and stuff like that. And to be able to look at the stuff while they're on the go on their bike... Yeah, I found an interesting quote here. It said, skepticism around Apple Watch mirrors the low expectations seen ahead of the iPhone and the iPad launches. In, mm. and this is a, a, an analyst from Forrester. Right. Why in would both I need cases, one? Exactly. I do it all on my computer. Exactly. Yep. In both cases, Apple sold many more units than expected, a third more iPhones than anticipated, and tripled the number of iPads originally estimated by the Wall Street analysts. What's interesting, I'm listening to... Um, uh, this Week in Tech uh, News, the Daily News with Mike Elgin. His son went online at um, 12.04 a.m. Pacific time and ordered a watch for himself. He got a watch for himself. He then went back on at 12.06 to get a, a watch for his dad. His son was able to get his within a few weeks. His dad's immediately was going to be in June. It was that soon. Mm. Within minutes, they were already pushing their supplies all the way out. Now, do you think that means that they just didn't produce that many? I don't think so. I think this is just well, an incredible I think lot, appeal. Yeah, I think a lot of people are buying them. That's not the point. The yeah. point is, is it going to be as many as you know, as the new iPhone? Was there the anticipation? I didn't see the anticipation for the iWatch that I did with the new iPhone, the new iPads. And well, maybe so. And here's maybe the here's the difference. Well, we can wait till the till the numbers come out. But. Here's the difference why you don't see those numbers. And, and, and I'm not going to use the iPad, but I'll definitely use the iPhone. We had phones. Yeah. Everybody yeah. had phones, and yeah. everyone was always looking for the newest and latest and greatest phone that was coming out. So they're willing to go and look at that next one, next one, next one, and, and get crazy about it. But we had we've as a society we have walked away from wristwatches. And so a lot of people are looking at them as wristwatches, and so they're slowly coming back into that fold. Yeah. And know, so I don't think the numbers are there for the demand as much as it was for a phone. You know, mm-hmm. the one thing that has created Apple as the, you know, the, the company that everybody that likes Apple wants to buy Apple products is because they really are a category killer, and everything they've done is a category killer. And I think the iWatch is going to be the same. All right. Hey, there's well, we, lots of, there's lots of fitness bands. Lots of stuff to talk about here, including something that happened with HBO Now coming up, uh, along with the Game of Thrones this season. Talk about that some more in just a moment here on the Internet Advisor. 
Thank you for joining us here on the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, co-host and producer, and with me, Gary Baker, Ed Rudell, and Kel Carson in studio. In just a little bit, we're going to be uh, introducing a guest in studio here with us to talk about agility. No, it's agile, <laughs> period. It's not yeah, agility. <laughs> it's agile development, and, we, and agile we'll be development. talking about That's that. Right. But, you know, the interesting thing, this is the smallest device that Apple has put out when we were talking last segment about the Apple Watch. It's the even, Nano was... Well, it's about the size of Nano, I think. Right. It's, well, certainly the first version, right? Yes, yes. Um, and it's got more knobs and buttons than any other Apple product <laughs> yes, out there. it does. <laughs> so I, I thought that was interesting. And, uh, and you understand why they do it. And I saw a couple of videos, YouTube videos. YouTube is great for uh, going to to find out how to do something yeah. and about, you know, product new product launches like this. Um, but, you know, I think Cal was right that there's nothing you can, that you're going to be doing on the watch that you can't do on your phone until you start to look at the health apps. And I think that's right. going to be the difference. Um, and, and there's a whole, I, and, this is just version one, too. That's and right. there's going to be a, a world of, of uh, new applications, and as people get into it and get using it, I think. I, but and, what I'm excited I think, about... I think Apple Pay is so much easier with the watch than it is with your phone. Absolutely. Right. I think those so. are the kind of things. I, I'm The watch itself doesn't strike me as... As um, that significant, there there have been watches around, but what I'm interested in is it, what it's what the impact is going to be beyond that. For mm-hmm. instance, Apple Pay uh, and uh, the other kind of technologies the, and, that and are the involved. health apps. And I think that when they start to really develop native apps, right? Right now, they're they're kind of just apps that you can get on your phone, and right. you know you get notifications and glances. That's what it's really all about. Yeah, it is. And when you think about it, okay, now I know what's going on on my phone even better. So when I'm in a meeting and it keeps going off and keeps going off and keeps going off, I don't answer it any more often than I do answer my phone. Mm-hmm. But I now at least know how many more people I'm ignoring than I did before, <laughs> right? Because it's right there on my wrist. You know, one of the things I think is kind of a, a, a tangential thing to is, is this whole taptic um, uh, experience. Yep. In other words, that something will will uh, pulse on your skin and let you know something about that. That's yeah. not the way normally that we're uh, notified about things. So I think in that sense, it's... What's the difference of it pulsing on your wrist and it vibrating on your hip? Uh, the difference well, is, I think, it's it's far more physical presence, I think. Yeah. You know, and, and the automotive presence. companies are also looking at that for the, the vehicles. Yes. Uh, in the, in the, You're right. You know, so they, they, they're providing that feedback or those vibrations when you're drifting off the road. I mean, uh, and especially in the uh, autonomous vehicles that are coming up. In Didn't the I see one vehicle I thought that if you uh, shifting lanes and you start shifting over to a lane, that the seat itself will give you a little nudge. It vibrates. Yeah, it vibrates. Yeah. And you yeah. see a little nudge and say, hey, wake up. So that is also <laughs> a taptic type of response. Exactly. So, I mean, you, the largest organ in your body is your skin. You might as well use these sensations in it, not only for That's temperatures, but mm-hmm. uh, also the, all those nerve endings at the, your fingertips and, and on your rump, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> a large a large organ. Hey, guys, I want to move on so to a couple I, of other I, things. I just want to go on record as saying, while I probably will not buy the version one of the Apple yeah. Watch, I'm really pretty interested in probably by, buying version two. We'll see what it's like when it comes out. And I'm going on record to say I'm more excited about the Apple product than Cal is. So just, that's all I'm going to say. We'll just make, saying. Make note of that, folks. Just saying. That's <laughs> Some other things that were happening. By the way, Mike Wendland, our friend, PC Mike, was uh, unabashedly said that he is a, he's an Apple fanboy and he yep, put he his is. order in. Right. Um, you know something yes. subtly, slowly, we slide the probe in. 
He doesn't know it's going in, but it's going in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a science fiction movie <laughs> or something like that. Alien probes? I'm sorry. I'm getting a little worried. Um, let's move on to some other things before this gets really out of hand. It's just apple juice. Mm, it's already yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, HBO, big deal. Yeah. HBO yeah. now uh, is uh, launching its direct-to-consumer streaming option for 15 bucks a month, and that's coming up uh, this weekend. Before the season premiere of, I think it's season five of Game of Thrones that's, that's coming out right now. But you need to be either an Apple uh, device owner, uh, that's it, device owner, uh, Apple TV or whatever uh, that you can view these things on, uh, or uh, you can do it through Cablevision. If you're a Cablevision customer, you can sign up for one of the premium channels. And, and uh, this isn't new, right? ESPN has done it, some of the other sports channels, but, the fight channels, but because it's HBO, yeah. right? It's it's another watch, it's the it's it's now gotten into the popular press. Right? I watched Charlie Rose interviewing the guy who I forget who his name is, uh, the guy who's the head of HBO, and he was talking about content being king. And this is just mm-hmm. one big underline of that. That content and the independent content production that's going on. Netflix now, mm-hmm. um, Amazon Prime is producing some incredibly good series now. Um, it's it's gone. The cat's out of the bag. But I haven't looked. You know, I haven't looked closely into this. Am I getting all of HBO for fifteen bucks, or I'm only getting a certain amount of HBO? I think it's a certain think, amount. It's the HBO Now content, right. and I'd have to dig in deeper to that. Yeah, I think that is. So therefore, once again, uh, unless I can pick and choose what I want. It means nothing to me. Yeah, but you could pay, you could uh, always get H, HBO when you had a Roku box or something. Sure. You could sign right, up, right? right? So you were already getting most of the rest of HBO, or you could get it, and still can. By the way, uh, Roku, but, Google Chrome, uh, Chromecast, and Microsoft Xbox will be able to get this deal three months from now. Right. They just for three months, Apple TV will have an, you know the free reign. Yeah, and, they have an exclusive right. for three months. So right. not not a big deal, but, you know, somewhat. somewhat One other thing. Now, Gary, uh, this is a news item that I saw that, Gary, you and I have uh, talked about over the years. LinkedIn mm-hmm. has been a great, you know, when Facebook was like, everybody was coming on board on Facebook. It was kind of nice that LinkedIn was a rather limited group of people. Well, it was for professionals. For business and professionals. Yes, yeah, right? exactly. Yep. Um, and they have grown incredibly. They have recently reached out and gobbled up something called Lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A.com for $1.5 billion. And, Cal, you, you were familiar with Lynda.com. Sure. I mean, if you want to learn darn near anything, anything. on earth, uh, you can go to Lynda.com and you can pay X amount of dollars. And it's not they that show- much. Yeah, it's yeah. not very expensive yeah. at all. And they'll show you videos and, and teach you how to do everything from Photoshop to Microsoft Access to Excel. Well, they to, show me how to snake a drain and you know, stuff I, like that. I've, 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 I've never, I've never really tried it, I but I wouldn't be surprised. YouTube. Oh, that's still YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they, you know, just about everything that you could pay big money for and go to a school to. Oh, I got you. And, and you experts in the field, for instance, in photo editing yeah. or in web design or uh, you name it. And the big thing about this is um, these skill training resources are for the 300 million members of, of LinkedIn right, right now. So the idea is, wow. it's interesting, it's fascinating. Over 3 million jobs are being offered right now on LinkedIn mm-hmm. versus 300,000 last year. Huge increase. And what this means is that people who are members of LinkedIn now can pick up skills for those jobs. Yeah. And, you know, we said it was for the professional or for business. It's I, let, Let's clarify. It's for the your, it's for anybody 
but it's for their business portion of it. So you don't want to go yeah, on right. and tell give people your face in a Facebook account so that you know when you're looking for a job or whatnot, but you would LinkedIn, right? Yes. Because that's like a resume online. Exactly. Right? And people right. are it using has a lot of your professional affiliations, exactly. your interests. And that's what yes. they're using yep. it for. Yep. So anybody exactly. can use it, but that's what it's being yep. used for. And, it is, and, and this is fascinating to see this. One of the things that's fascinating, one of the news items that just kind of blew my mind, Facebook is still cool with teenagers. Oh, yeah. They did and, a study. And, and grandparents, too. You know? so, <laughs> yes. But so, this was fascinating. A thousand teens were interviewed or surveyed rather, 71% still said they still use Facebook. 41% said that Facebook is the site that they use most frequently huh. over all other social networks, 41%. Mm-hmm. Instagram and Snapchat were scored second and third most frequent. I found this fascinating because for a long time it was like, oh, Facebook, got no, kids yeah, are not yeah, going anywhere near that. Right, Pinterest and everything else. Mm-mm. So, um, you know, I think this is like the bait and switch. These teenagers have told all us, all of us adults this, right? Yeah. And and meanwhile, they're still chatting amongst themselves on Pinterest <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> because they know in the past we've wrecked all the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, we'll be coming back in just a moment to speak with a guest in the studio here. Jason Dinkelman is with us. We'll be talking about agile development, something that began here in our greater Detroit area, spread around the world. And we're going to be talking about a very special event that's coming up very soon. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown here, along with Gary Baker, Edward Dell, and Cal Carson in studio for you in this first hour of our show. Uh, Gary, I remember many years ago when you first introduced me to this concept of agile development, and um, I, could you help us to frame it for our listeners who are listening right now and thinking, uh, agile development, I have a little hard time with my arthritis getting around. Is it about that? No. It's <laughs> Am about I that much. agile anymore? I don't know. Uh, well, let me introduce um, our guest, Jason Dinkelman. Jason, welcome back to the Internet Advisor. Thanks. Thanks for having me again. Um, so you and I have worked together, um, yep. and we went through an agile development transformation. Transformation, as they yeah. call it. Yes. Uh, together. And it, what the way this started was in 1996... There was a group of people at Chrysler that said, you know, the way we develop software anymore isn't working as well as it could. And they came up with this concept called extreme programming. And extreme programming, people went, wow, that's really great because you actually talk to the users and you get their requirements on an ongoing basis. And and you do it in very short iterations. And it's been perfected over the years where you start to, and there's different, you know, people have different concepts around it, but, but really around... You know, when you start doing Agile really well, you start writing the test first, and you really start developing very small units of code, and this just took off. And this is now being done everywhere in the world, and we hadn't done much more of it here. And a few years ago, um, and we dabbled with it, and as we saw this big company in Silicon Valley using it now and putting out products so quickly, and Google now uses it, everybody uses it, right? Almost everybody that is a household name in computer technology and software development is using some form of Agile, and some of them doing it really well. We kind of... um, Got on the bandwagon. There were a couple others, Menlo Innovations out in Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. uh, Rich Sheridan, and a few other people um, had really been that kind of the kind proponents of, that of idea, it. Right, yep. But 
at Gale, we went through this big agile transformation. I remember when I first got there um, as a CIO and I said, I think we need to do agile <laughs> development. And people said, you know, oh, we can't do agile. We tried, we tried that last year. It was painful. It, it failed miserably. You know, pick something else. If if by last year you meant shoving everything offshore, yeah. saying, that's pretty agile. So, yeah, something yeah. agile to somebody no, else, right? That was just quick, not agile. <laughs> that's right. It's now caught on. Yeah, and man. a lot of companies Absolutely. here in the Detroit metro area are using it and being real successful with it, For right? Sure. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about kind of your experience and then let's talk about this big conference called Agile and Beyond coming yeah. up. Yeah. So, my, I mean, my experience was similar to what you said. You know, I was at uh, Cengage uh, when you got there, and, and I had, I was probably one of the seven developers that were at Cengage before you got there. They were doing, all seven, right? <laughs> all seven of us doing about 50 projects, uh, all in a very waterfall-y, gross way. And, uh, you know, for us, it, w- it for me anyway, it really opened my eyes to a better way of developing software where, you know, as, a, as at that time I was a... a an interface developer so to be able to talk to the customer and the user and get their feedback and their understanding of it and then quickly turn around things uh you know build small pieces of code and do those things fast and quick and get them in front of the customer that was fantastic so, yeah get their feedback and yeah. find out if you had to yeah, make was, a change or it was not, so much right? better than developing a, a product and working on it for nine months and this can be awesome and and then you know you here here you go and the customers well, well and the gratification <laughs> and, the, and the and the gratification has yeah. to be you know for yourself that's why you did this you're proud yeah. of what you do yeah. and, and the reward is much quicker yeah i think the the best reward for Good me point, is, yeah. yeah the best reward for me when developing this kind of in this way is is you know we break all these these ideas down into really small tasks and you move those tasks along it's kind of like a game you kind of get into a game like who can move the most tasks forward the <laughs> quickest right and so yep. for me it was always that was the best part and and you always check with the customer yep. instead of like getting the requirements and nine months or a year <laughs> later a year and a half later sometimes giving them the product that they asked for no. or at least our interpretation of what they asked for right. which may not have been correct and certainly they had moved on in the last year no, when you're talking else, about customers, so. by the way, you're These talking to, be, within um, uh, corporations. This could you're be developing, in, internal customers, but our customers yeah. at Gale were were um, the educational market, so K through twelve, oh, okay. university okay. market, uh, public library market, a little bit of uh, of corporations yeah. as but well. But it could, it could certainly be an internal customer. I mean, yeah. it, most companies, when you're developing in, in more of a waterfally way, right? You're, you're working. Explain that waterfally so, way. So, <laughs> so basically, getting all your requirements together and validating all the requirements, and then you walk away for nine months and build that. Right? You you work. Oh, with I got gotcha. you. You work with your customer, uh, you know, for three months, saying getting all the requirements nailed down. This is exactly how I want to build it. And then the team goes away and they build that thing that you said you were going to build, and then come back and, and then you go like, you know, I exactly what so I wanted. Think of it this way: yeah. somebody says, "Now I'd like it blue." <laughs> yeah. And you go, okay, that's royal blue to me. Right. Well, no, it's aqua blue, blue to you. It's uh, some other <laughs> yeah. blue for, you know, yeah. some, you know, to yep. describe blue again. Yep. So we don't ever, it's not often we miss requirements as developers, but right. we misunderstand you, them all the time. I'll tell you where I, this right? makes sense to me. Uh, I, I think of some experiences uh, with developing websites where you give the person kind of an outline of, I'd like it to do this. I don't know what that would look like necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the person trots off and develops something and comes back and says, here. You are. Exactly. And I said, oh, well, actually, it doesn't look like quite what I thought it was going to be like, but 
that's it. So, so in that sense, you know, I come from a web development background as well, and, and for me, that's exactly it, right? Because then, you, you know, you can't just walk away and develop something, and then you're going to come back and give it to somebody and say, "There it is," and you're like, oh, you know. And part of it is we can't read your mind, right? So, absolutely, that, yes. That as developers, high, yep. that high touch coming back and forth by saying, "Is this what you want?" No, okay. Is this what you want? Nope. Is that the nature of Agile then? Yeah, is it that you're, you're more frequent? Yep. <clears throat> Pardon and, me, more frequent that you're coming back. And what we tell people is don't do anything for a longer period of time than what you're willing to trash, to right. give up. Right? <laughs> Say that again. Don't so do anything. Don't do anything. So if you took and said, all right, I'm going to go off and develop and I'm going to develop for a day, that means you're willing to throw away everything you did for a day because it could be wrong. Oh, I see what you're saying. So if you do that for nine months or a year, you're going to throw it all away because it's not, you know, it's not what the customer wants. Can I guess that Microsoft never caught Agile development? Well, they they have lately. (laughs) They do now. Do they do now? They have lately. Good, good. So the the point is, we try to get the customers, um, or at least a representative of the customer, sitting right at the table. Right, a big table. We're all sitting around. People say, "Oh, that's pretty chaotic." So they're well, involved. Well, it it is, and they think, "Oh, well, then that will elongate the process." It doesn't. That no, that's an interesting point right there. Because I say, "Look, is this what you want? No. Is this what you want? No. <laughs> yeah. Is this what you want? Yeah, that's closer. How about this? Got it. Okay. Yeah. I just, you know, so what? What was I willing to waste? I was willing to waste about a minute and a half. Right, each time. That is fascinating. The other, it, it's interesting because the other way is kind of like a mentality that says, "Look, I'm the expert. Okay, <laughs> you've told me what you want. Now get out of the way. I'm the expert, yep. and I will All do my expert often. thing. And right. when you come back, of course, you'll fall on your face." Those and, people don't normally last in an agile development shop, but that they, <laughs> <laughs> they usually but, last in their mom's basement. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That concept is, is a fascinating one. When was that developed initially? So, and so it became so this extreme programming. Um, so there were things that were good and things that were bad, and as they changed it, in um, in eighty one they came up with the Agile Manifesto, and it's been pretty well received after that, and and been going since. Oh, okay. Um, since then, uh, two thousand one is what I. Uh, is when they did this. Right. And, um, and you know, there's been some slight modification. Some people have said, okay, well, we can make it better. And sure. there's a there's a conference that's now in its fourth year? Sixth, Sixth year. Sixth Jesus, year. how long? I know, exactly. Uh, <laughs> six years. Time flies when you're having fun, right? Six years. Um, and it's called Agile and Beyond because there's some things, you know, what worked with one team you, you know, you had to learn to scale it across many teams. What worked in one location, you had to be able to scale it to, you know, to a different location. And could you do agile development? Right. So this whole concept, um, it, this has now grown into a conference yeah. that's really well received. It's really here. well received. I mean, this year we've expanded the conference. It typically, the last five years has been one day. Uh, last year was a day and a half, but now it's two full days. Uh, one day of uh, kind of half-day workshops and then another full day of uh 38 different sessions. Where will to. this be taking place then? It's at uh, the uh, Doba Hotel and Conference Center in uh, Dearborn. Dearborn. Yep. Yep. In Dearborn, okay. Yep. And this is going to, we'll be posting, by the way, on our homepage for yep. those of you a- interested in April this. April 30th to May 1st yep. are the right. two days, Thursday and Friday. Yep. And, you know, there's going to be lots of really 
experienced Agile yeah, developers. Actually, one of the original signers of the Agile Manifesto is one of our keynotes, Dr. Alistair Cockburn. Okay. So he's wonderful. flying in from the from Europe, so he's coming in. No, and, I, and there's also people that just want absolutely. to become Agile developers, absolutely. right? Yeah. They, they like it, they've heard about it, they've read a lot about it, but now they get to rub shoulders with absolutely. people that, and normal people, normal developers yeah. that can say, I've, I've been doing it for a while. That's We're right. talking with, uh, by the way, Jason Dinkelman, who is with us. He uh, currently works for um, another uh, about golf That's right. is yep. uh, the, the site that you work with right now. Yep. But we're talking about agile development and the conference called Agile and Beyond going to be taking place in Dearborn April 30th through May the 1st. Talk more a little bit more about that. I'm I'm fascinated about the the the, the, tr- the trip that this has taken to leave the Detroit area, go out, and now coming back in. We're going to continue that conversation here on the Internet Advisor in just a moment. I'd like to acknowledge somebody who's been making this program work, as we say, behind the glass. Doing a remarkable job today, Rich Luzinski. Thank you so much. He's of two minds. He's had to work like two jobs (laughs) and trying to keep us going at the same time he's doing some other stuff. Doing a great job. Thank you for that very much. Uh, By the way, coming up our second hour of the program is going to be be answering your questions. And uh, kind of a special um, hour. We're going to be talking about that at uh, next hour just a little bit. Before we wrap things up here, I'll tell you a little bit more about what's unique about the hour that's about to come. Uh, In studio, of course, Gary Baker, Ed Rudell, Cal Carson, who has been remarkably quiet for this whole uh, conversation. And And Jason Dinkelman is with us. Jason is a a developer. He's he's worked in the past with uh, Cengage Learning. That's where Gary and he worked. That's right. But you're now with About Golf. Yep. Um, and uh, we're talking about a very special event coming up, which is the Agile and Beyond Conference coming to Dearborn April 30th through May 1st, and we'll make sure that we have uh, a link up on our homepage about that. Uh, one of the things you talked about, Gary, before uh, was that this whole concept of Agile development, and by the way, this is kind of a, a, a wrap, give you a little bit of a replay of that, folks. It's the sense of instead of um, taking a project uh, getting the instructions from a customer on what they want, and then going off to your cave with your companions and <laughs> developing these really cool things for nine months, and then coming back and presenting this big new whatever it was to the customer and hoping that they loved it <laughs> or didn't dislike it too much. Um, that's not agile. And the agile process, Jason, has essentially been to break that whole thing down, keep the customer much closer to the process so that you're actually much more efficient right. in the way that you're creating. Absolutely. You're, you're more engaged with the, your customer in, in developing the product they really want. And as Gary said, you know, you're not, you're okay throwing away a certain amount of the, of the project because, oh, I was wrong. But I was only wrong for a week, not nine months, right? right. So, so it makes it much easier and much more intuitive to the Can you think of an example? Oh, go ahead, Kel. Well, then, then that breaches the question with me, and that is, did you get the wrong requirements in the first place? No, I think I don't think so. I mean, sometimes it could be the wrong requirement, but I think the, more likely it's uh, something kind of Gary alluded to. It, it's well, I want that blue, and my blue is is maybe you know dark blue, and Gary's is light blue, right? So, so Gary I, told I, me I want a blue. I might say I want to be the user to be able to get on, and there's they're called stories, right? And you have user stories, and. One of the stories might be, I want the, the user to be able to get onto the site and go to this kind of resource, uh, maybe a listing of whatever, and be able to select and, you know, take and put them in their shopping cart and pay for it. Well, you have an idea of what that looks like, yeah. right? Yeah. 
But the developer that's listening to you has a different idea of what that right, looks like. Right. And if they do their idea, it's not yours. So you come back and go, that's not exactly what I was thinking, right? So it's not that we miss requirements, but we misunderstand requirements well, I think all the, other, the time. The other thing that, that happens in, in that situation is that the customer says, I want this, 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 and this. And, and it sounds great in their mind or on paper, but then you actually start developing it, and they use it very quickly, right? It gets to them fast. And, and they're like, oh, that seems really clunky. Right? Uh, so they can change their mind. Uh, right? And yeah, they, they yeah. can change their mind. And they do all the time. And usually When they the get their hands on it. Absolutely. And that's part of the process. I mean, you, you get you get that project to them, a, a, you know, a piece of code that actually works mm-hmm. versus a piece of paper that might just have well, So I could just think it. of Word. Had it been had Microsoft <laughs> Word, had you done had you developed that using an agile process? Because you get all these requirements and you start working on them. And people say, oh, I want this and I want this. And they start hanging ornaments on that tree, <laughs> right? right? Exactly. And, they, and all of a sudden you've got this whole thing and it looks beautiful when it's done, but you're really only going to use a small function, right. a small percent a of the book. functions, yeah. right? Figure it out. And, the, you know, the whole idea is with Agile is, okay, let's build the important stuff first. Right. Then let's build the uh, next most important stuff, and then the next okay. most important stuff. And now let's release it to the customer and Let get their feedback, mm. right? And then we'll figure out what else and what else. And you know what? That whole long list of requirements, about a third of it never gets right. done because they kind of went, you know what? We've got what 90-some oh, percent yes. of the people Absolutely. want. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't need that other right. 25, so all, 30, that's or 40 very interesting. Yeah, And that's really what happens. So it's cheaper. It's faster, right? You get to market sooner, and you ideally meet the customer's needs. And that's really the value proposition. We took um, developing developing products from 18 months average down to six months. Wow. We yeah. And because we use test-driven development, we took an average of 200 or so defects yep. per, cust- per product. Mm-hmm. Think of Word that went out with 203 defects when it went out the door from Microsoft. That's pretty typical. Mm-hmm. We took that down to less than a dozen, and in some wow. cases, zero. zero right. And the dozen were all really small. We didn't stop the launch because of a really small display type of thing, uh, of defect way down in the product, mm-hmm. right? And we, But we fixed it. We were able to fix no. it and, and do that in the first couple we're weeks. We're talking about this in terms of... Uh, so that's the value proposition oh, of agile development. We're talking about uh, uh, software development, I guess, or program. Right. Uh, but I'm sure that this has been applied across other... Other areas as well, right, yeah, Jason? Yep, absolutely. Right? You know, a lot of the sessions that are ag- at Agile and Beyond this year, uh, you know, as we've gone over this six years, it's really expanded. It's beyond. <laughs> right. It, it's now really gone beyond, right? And it's something that we really tried to do when we were making the schedule this year was to try and get people who are kind of bringing a different bent to the idea of Agile or Lean or Kanban, which are all kind of in that same realm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and pe- you know, there's there's been sessions in the past about personal Kanban, do, you know, or personal Agile, right? Being able to apply the things that we do in software development, but to your own life, right? How do you, oh. how do you get tasks done and things like that? So that was always an interesting thing. I, it's absolutely fa- I'm thinking, yeah. of, a matter of fact, my, my mind's kind of uh, going through a lot of uh, uh, things that I wish we had done, uh, because in our <laughs> church we had just done a huge reorganization, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, boy, that would have been a much better way of doing it, <laughs> rather than trying to come up with this enormous organizational chart right. mm-hmm. and saying we want to do all of this there had to be a better yeah, way think, to do it. And that. I think too, and Agile's <laughs> really good at that. I mean, you know, the one that we always talked about, you know, have, have, first an organizational chart where it's you know top down. We have a very flat team, right? And everybody, ha- it's very team oriented, and, and everybody has a voice and, and, and self organized and, right? and self organizes, right? Yeah. So, so you know, you bring the work to the team, and, and they help you build that in the fastest way possible. Because you you know, as a team, you get really good at knowing what you're good at. 
mm. and versus versus the the business folk coming in and saying you're good at this and you're good at this and you're good at this. Ah. The team's able to say just give me the work. You know, it would and also I'll seem figure it out for you. It yeah. would also seem to really work um, against the old silo mentality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Microsoft was, was, and GM were two companies that were traditionally seen as they, they had silos of, whether it was sales or a certain model or whatever it was, mm-hmm. that had their expertise, they had their leadership, and yeah. then, yeah. And ra- and Microsoft has had to go through this yeah. enormous. I think GM too, from what I've heard. I don't heard. Name yeah. names, but we we do have certainly a large uh, corporate uh, uh, presence from certain car companies at the yeah there's conferences here. So um, Ford is is buying into Agile in a big way, hmm. and it's going to very much change the way development's done at Ford. And they have to, and they know it, and they're yeah. doing it. GM's trying really hard. Um, some of the other bigger companies around here, and that's why it's now happening here, yeah. because. For the longest time, again, it it was such a great idea. Everybody started to adopt <laughs> it, but you had to be small, and you were had to, yeah. you know, you had to yep. shoot a lot. Well, it of would threaten, old, right? Oh, you had threaten to shoot a lot, lot of, of structures, <laughs> right? Yeah, wow. I, I, I think the biggest thing when I talk to people about it, you know, we go to these meetup groups or whatever throughout the year, and people from companies that are huge and they really, you know, they've read about it, they really want to do it, but they're like, how do, how do you, you know, they always talk. Agile they, scale, they, right? they always ask me, you know, how'd you guys do it at Sengage? Because Sengage is a big company. I'm like, well. We burned the boats, you know, it was basically, <laughs> right? It was like, you can't go back. So it was fairly, we had, but on that on that part of it, we had a lot of support from the top. So That's yeah. right. You, know, you got to have support. Jason, thank you so much sure, for being no here. Jason Dickelman, um, we've been talking about agile development and sounds are really exciting. Agile and Beyond is the name of the conference. It's coming to Dearborn April 30th through May the 1st. Thanks so much. Jason for being with us. Guys, hang on because coming up this next hour is going to be a very special one. It's going to be the launch of our summertime schedule on WJR, our flagship station in Detroit. That's where we're going to be opening up our phone lines for your questions. And that's what it's going to be, a solid hour of answering your questions and introducing you to some folks as well. That's all coming up on WJR 760 AM, our flagship station in Detroit. And for the rest of you who are listening to us on our affiliates, you can still get your questions into us, and we'd love to answer them by sending them, going to internetadvisor.net, our homepage, clicking on the Contact Us button, and sending us an email with your question, and we'll get some answers for you. Stay tuned. Coming up next, hour number two. 